Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time it is, wherever you're coming from, Cowboys Nation, you know the drill. Welcome to Starboys Network. I am your host, Zach White. Let's keep this energy. Let's keep this energy climbing up. We are eight and four. As it stands, the Dallas Cowboys are eight and four. And hey, it's one game at a time. Right now, this week, we are going against the Washington football team. It's a big game in the standpoint of taking over this division. Right now, we're two games ahead in the division. This win could potentially put us up three, and maybe even we're talking, we don't want to talk about playoffs. We're not doing that. We're not talking about the playoffs. We're taking one game at a time. This game is an extremely important game. It's not one that should be overlooked. But again, let's keep this excitement rolling because I got a feeling this week. I got a really, really good feeling. But let's go ahead and dive straight into this matchup right now. Let's go ahead and just talk about a little bit of the injury report. We're going to go ahead and start it off on their side, right? Jonathan Allen, for them, groin is limited this week. They have quite a big, uh, quite a big group of names on this list, bigger names. Landon Collins, foot injury, did not practice. I feel like that's also a big name. Linebacker Jamin Davis, the rookie, concussion protocol, did not practice as well. Uh, some of the guys that are limited, Tyler Larson, their center. Uh, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, groin is limited. Guard Brandon Sheriff is limited as well. Uh, the backup guard, Schwichler, uh, ankle, did not practice. Ricky Seals-Jones, his hip, he is limited as well. They're tight end. And, of course, that's a big blow to them because we know that uh, their tight end, Logan Thomas, recently went out for the for the rest of the remainder of the season with an injury as well. Uh, so you got Montez Sweat, defensive end. He is going through – he's got COVID. Uh, they thought he was going to be able to come back, but he ends up getting COVID. So uh, that's a big break for us. Uh, Chase Young is also, as you know, is out for – the season. So these are all really important things to note when we're talking about the injury report. And this is uh, coming from yesterday's uh, injury report on Wednesday. So some, some of these things may change today on Thursday. Uh, so we'll kind of see where we're at. But um, on our side of the ball right now, it's you have Noah Brown. He's got a groin injury. He did not practice yesterday. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, knee. Uh, he's a full go at practice. We're going to dive a little bit more into that here in just a little bit. Tony Pollard, his foot, he did not practice. Again, this is part of the conversation we're going to be having here shortly uh, because they did actually sign running back Ito Smith to the practice squad this week, which is pretty important. And it could be saying a little bit about Zeke, but it could also be just saying the same about Pollard with having that that back who's kind of a little bit dynamic and shiftier. Uh, so we'll kind of see and play that by ear and hopefully everything turns out fine for Pollard. Uh, and uh, again, we'll, we'll jump, jump into that a little bit later. Uh, but Cedric Wilson, also ankle, uh, he was limited with it with the ankle injury. So, um, but some of the bigger names, right, that we have coming back this week, D for domination, baby, because that's what it's about to be. We got Randy Gregory, Neville Gallimore coming back this week. That's huge news, man. That's great news. Uh, we haven't really even got to see all three of these guys on the line together um, and gelling together. And so there's probably going to be some limited snaps from those guys this week. Uh, so we'll kind of stay tuned to that. And I, and I would imagine it would be right coming back from those injuries. 
after quite some time, uh, you're not going to throw him out there full on, full go, uh, kind of similar to D-Law, Amari Cooper, right, in, in, in last week's uh, matchup against the Saints. Uh, you want to kind of bring him in slowly. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to take a chance of getting injuries, you know, building those injuries back up. So, uh, but I mean, and so you haven't had these guys. This is a three-headed monster, right? It's crazy. Like right now, we are currently, as it stands, 10th in the league in total defense. So that's that's huge to note. Um, you add Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore to this defensive line. My God, my God. Once And it's perfect timing, right? Right at the end of the season, we, we need to go on a run. We need to start building some wins, you know, and, and getting hot and getting into the playoffs. This defense, we're going to stay on this topic with the defense. And, and Micah Parsons even says so. And that this is something to keep in mind when it comes to talking about the gelling process of these guys and, and where they're at. He says, you can't take two really good, pretty people, right, and put them together and think they're going to be compatible. That's the thing about opportunity to work at it, right? So they, they have to build back that chemistry uh, when guys are without each other for so long, I mean, you have to you have to kind of you know get get in the scheme of things, know know your defensive alignments and, and so on and so forth. So it's gonna take a little time, but it doesn't matter. It's exciting. There's a lot of great opportunity with that offensive line. And speaking of Micah Parsons, let's just go ahead and dive into. It. I know I brought this up last week, but I really want to know what do you guys think. And, and I'm going to kind of make a case for the two of these guys right now. But as it stands, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs are both in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. And I think both of them, honestly, truly, have a really good shot at winning it, right? Uh, I, I don't want to stay too set on accolades because right now, I'm my mind, and I'm sure their minds, it's the same way. It's, it's, it's about the, the season and accomplishing the ultimate goal, and that's to win a Super Bowl. But it's still fun to talk about, so I don't give a damn. We're going to talk about it. Uh, so Micah Parsons, he is could potentially break Javon, the freak curse of the old, the old Tennessee Titans defensive end. He could potentially break his rookie record of sacks at 14.5, 14.5. So I, I think it's definitely possible that he can do it. He's at 10 right now. Uh, so, you know, these guys aren't just breaking, you know, just just franchise record. They're breaking league records, right? And they're, they're on on pace to break these records. So, um, man, I, and I, you obviously with Micah, you cannot say enough about him and what he is and what he means to this team, always showing up, making the big plays when we really need him in crunch time, getting sacks, trip sack. He's all over the field, man. And it's, it's again, he's shown leadership. There cannot be enough said about that. And I, I am, man, I, I'm, I'm just excited to see this kid's future. I mean, we're just coming out with a bang his rookie year. I'm excited to see what he can do. But flipping over to the other side, talking about Trayvon Diggs, that's nothing to blink an eye at, man. I, I know guys are they're a little bit conflicted with Diggs because you know it's always what what you know what have you done for me lately, right? You know he did get an interception this last game, but he started to become an afterthought as Michael Parsons' star started to continue to rise, right? So it's it's always what's what's next, what's best. Um, he's he's done nothing short of just just 
crazy, impactful, amazing stuff, man. I mean, you're nine interceptions in right now with this guy, um, and the sky's the limit. I mean, you, you think about everything that he has going on over, or the quarterbacks that he's going to be facing over these next five weeks. Uh, you got Heineke twice. You got uh, Danny Dimes or Mike Lennon, one or the other. Uh, you're going to face Kyler Murray and potentially Hurts, which, you know, he picked off twice last time. Uh, old college uh, buddy there uh, kind of knows the ins and outs of the game. So you're, you can't tell me that he's not going to be able to surpass 11, 12 interceptions. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, but definitely still record-breaking type stuff from these guys. And the thing that about Trayvon Diggs and a lot of people have soured on him because of the, the, the issues, giving up some of the deep balls or or uh, getting turned around a little bit and giving up yards. You know, that, that's been a little bit of a problem. I will say that the yards after the catch from the last year, the 12 games he started, as opposed to the 13 he started this year, 202 his rookie season, yards after catch, 382 this year. So that is a big factor, uh, but that completion percentage is about the same, roughly. Uh, 54.8 in his rookie year, 54.9. Uh, but again, we're, we're talking about a guy who's in his sophomore year. So there's still so much room to grow. So let's kind of cut back on that a little bit. Uh, you know, and then the quarterback ratings that he's allowed has increased dramatically. Went from 85.8 to 56.4. And he's only given up three touchdowns this year as opposed to five last year in the same amount of games. So, uh, man, again, the, the sky's the limit. I, I, I'm excited about these guys and what they're going to be able to accomplish for us over the next, not the hell with this year. I'm talking about just over the next years. These are, this is your core right here, 7-Eleven, right? This is, this is something that we're going to be able to see for a very long time, hopeful to see for a very long time. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how we get there. But let's go ahead and stick with this. This defensive surge that's been going on throughout Cowboys Nation, the deeper domination, it's been wonderful. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into some of these defensive matches, matchups against Washington, right? So um, some of the things that concern me for against Washington offensively is Antonio Gibson. Uh, he hasn't been a complete back all season. He has started to get kind of on a hot streak here recently. Uh, 88 yards against Las Vegas, 111 yards against Seattle, uh, 95 yards against Carolina. Uh, he's been kind of a workhorse back, right? So he's going to be looking to take advantage of that. Um, something that we have definitely struggled in this year is giving up the big plays. And you have McLaurin, um, who is a guy who's kind of, as, as far as receivers go, he's kind of, he can shine and he can break away. He can make a big, he's one big game away from, you know, from making a, a big play. And it, it's, it's, it's just, you have to keep an eye on him. He is the other concerning part of this offense for me. Uh, only three for 22 yards, uh, three receptions for 22 yards against Las Vegas, four for 51 against Seattle, five for 103 and a touchdown against Carolina. So, uh, a little bit of up and down season for him, I know, because I've had him on fantasy and he's been kind of killing me, right? Damn it. Uh, but I, I don't want him to do well. I'm going to sit him. I'm sitting him this game. I'm sitting him. I've been needing to sit him anyway, but I'm sitting him this game. I, I but, but again, this is where our offense, our defense struggles. So um, our defense overall in is last in the league in yak, in yards after catch. 
We're, we've given up 1,823 total yards, last in the league in yards after catch. So that's something we really got to improve on our game is making sure that we make those tackles, clean tackles, wrap up, limit the big play. Because that's been, that's been a problem for us, again, all season. Even if it seems like we're really just kind of, you know, just putting the pressure on their neck and we kind of just let off, right? We kind of let off and we let them, you know, get a big play towards the end of the game or, or sometimes just during the game to keep those teams in, you know, in pace with us. And that, that's just been our really, our big problem. So it's communication, right? Making sure everybody's on the same page. These, the safeties, J-Ron Curse is getting everybody lined up with Green Dot, making sure we're all on the same, everybody's on the same page so we can really just hone in and make these plays. But again, man, this defensive line is something that I'm excited about, so excited about. You know, again, you're limiting these guys most likely when it when it comes to Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore, uh, but to have them back on the field, Tristan Hill should be back on the field as well from his, coming back from his one-game suspension. Uh, and you can move Micah Parsons wherever the hell you want on this defensive line, and, and this could be a really big game for not only D-Law but Micah Parsons. Uh, because of that. So right now, um, you have left tackle and right tackle, Leno Jr. and uh, Cornelius Lucas. Cornelius Lucas. Uh, but I think those are two really big matchups that we can take advantage of. I feel like the strength lies on the Washington football team on their offense is their left guard and right guard, and that's Sheriff and Flowers. I feel like uh, that, that's probably where we're going to be seeing a lot of, is seeing a lot of runs right up the gut on either side of those sides. Uh, but as far as the passing game goes, I really feel like we can really get to the quarterback, take advantage of him. He's, uh, Heineke's thrown 11 interceptions this year. Uh, what's one more to uh, add to Diggs' record, right? So I, I definitely think that, that we have the upper hand when it comes to that. I'm not too concerned about their other receivers. I think DeAndre Carter is a, is a decent receiver and he can do some damage to you and so can Humphreys. Uh, Samuels hasn't really done anything. I don't think he's lived up to the hype that everybody thought he was this year. He has not been, he's been a shell of what I even personally thought he was gonna be for them. So um, he hasn't really done anything and he's questionable this week as well. So, but you know, we'll go ahead and switch over to the other side of the ball. We'll go ahead and switch over offensively and talk a little bit about what's going on over there, right? So you have, again, I, I, as I stated before, you have Ido Smith who's come in uh, to the practice squad. Currently, Tony Pollard is kind of limited. Uh, he's, got, he's got an injury and of course, Zeke with the knee. And Zeke said this week that they were gonna have to drag his ass off the field, right? So. I don't know who's making the decisions out there, but Zeke is making the decisions, apparently, right? So, uh, but it, it, it's, it is a problem. It is a problem because you can tell, it's been obvious that he's not been his self. Um, he did the MRI on the knee and they are saying uh, that it's not going to be a problem, that he can play on it uh, and it'll be fully healed within three to four weeks. Uh, but you can see the difference in his running style, and it's not quite the same because it's kind of hurting us more to keep him in there than to pull him out. But at this point in time, if Tony Pollard is not able to play this game, I mean, that that's a, another big problem that we have to figure out, we have to address. And, and if Zeke wants to be in, I, listen, man, I respect Zeke for everything that he is, and I think he's incredibly talented. And 
I think a lot of this really does tie into, and I, I know, again, he's hampered, but he has gotten some rest this week, which has been really important. So hopefully he comes back a little bit healthier, ready to kind of roll. Uh, so there's been a lot of questions about resting him or whatnot. But I think a lot of these problems lie on the offensive line and the inconsistencies of the offensive line. This isn't really a time to be playing musical chairs, right? We've been kind of doing that all off season and it's caused a lot of issues for this offense, for, for our passing game, for our running game, for everything. We have not been able to get this running game going. And a lot of that again is on the offensive line. So, you know, will the real Connor please stand up? Pick who you're gonna pick, stay with it. It's it's becoming a conversation that's, it's been too long of a conversation. There's always been talk about sliding Lyle Collins back to the left guard, putting right tackle, skill at right tackle, and and rolling with your best five there. Uh, but I, I, I don't know that I love that idea because again, it's about gelling, it's about consistency. And we're in this run, this next stretch, is so vital, it's so important, because these guys need to be ready heading into the playoffs. They need to be acquainted with each other. They need to know the calls. They need to be on the same page, know where each other are gonna be at, or it can become, a, it can become a, again, a continuous problem for us. So I'm almost at the point where I'm like, you just pick who you want and stick with it because Connor McGovern has looked bad. He has not looked great. If you watch some of the tape, you can definitely see a lot of inconsistency there. And part of it is, do you want to spend that time to, to let him try and develop as we had Connor Williams in the past? For me, it doesn't feel like that time is now. It doesn't feel like we have a lot of time to wait for growth, to wait for these things to happen. In my opinion, you rock with Connor Williams, you put him back out there, you live through the penalties, you let him work through them and you figure it out. I know we're all about the future and wanting to find out what we have and I completely understand that. But to me, it's about making a run, making a push, having people there beside each other, having a Connor Williams there besides Tyron Smith, who are very familiar with each other, know each other's games, know each other's weaknesses. Has it always been great on Connor Williams' behalf? No, not really. They are pretty similar in a lot of ways. Uh, but I, I, I think that personally, Connor Williams has been better in the run. And that's something that we need to improve heading into the playoffs so Dak can improve his game, so this passing game can improve. Right, we need to establish that run and dominate. Now heading into this matchup, that's exactly what I would like to see. I don't know how much of that we're going to see on the on the offensive side of the ball with Zeke running because of his injury, but we may see a little bit more than we thought. But something that's interesting to me, and the teams have been playing that because they know. They've been playing back and they're making Dak pass. Here's the deal. Dak is going to light it up this week. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. This offensive line, the inconsistencies with that, the inconsistencies with the wide receivers and being not on the same page, lack of practice reps, COVID, injuries. We got a little bit of a break. We got a little bit of a break. Amari Cooper is officially, he will be a full participant in practice, fully healthy, participating, playing in this game, full reps, 
That is the difference. That is the game changer that Amari Cooper is going to be for your team. I stated it this past week. He is the one. He is the match, right? He's the match that, that lights this entire offense on fire. It opens up opportunities for some of these other guys. He creates a spark for Michael Gallup, for C.D. Lamb to get open if he's not getting open himself. So you got him going against guys like Fuller and William Jackson, which don't get me wrong, they're not terrible cornerbacks, but they're not great. I mean, you got Fuller, he's out of one interception this year, 11 passes defense, which isn't bad. William Jackson, two interceptions, eight passes defense. Uh, but I think there's a real big opportunity for this receiving core to finally step up, be on the same page with Dak and take over this game. And I think that's where it's going to happen. The problem is, is really kind of what you have going up the front right now. You don't have Montez Sweat out there, which is huge for us. So that limits a lot of pressure uh, and you don't. And you don't have Chase Young, obviously, so that also limits a lot of pressure. But the pressure is going to be coming from there. It's going to be coming from up the middle. They're going to want to attack Tyler Biotish, so we got to make sure that we have our best group in the middle controlling this because they got Deron Payne and they got Jonathan Allen. Those guys are beasts, right? They're going to try and, and do a lot of damage. You have Allen with six and a half sacks already this season and Deron Payne only two and a half. Uh, but what they establish, they really clog up that middle and, and set each other free. They're a really good duo. They knew what they were doing when they drafted those guys. They're going to really focus on stopping the run and trying to get to the quarterback up the middle, creating that pressure up the middle on Tyler Biotta. So that's something that we definitely need to stay focused on getting into this matchup. But it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a great week. We have a chance to finally officially just kind of put everything to sleep, turn this offense around, get things going in the right direction, and become nine and four. So before I let you guys go, make sure to like and subscribe. Subscribe to this channel. We got a lot of great content coming out for you guys. And swing over to starboysnetwork.com. Check out all of the great things we have going on over there with the Starboys Report and Mario Herrera Jr. and everything that he is doing. He's writing weekly uh, articles for us and it's, it's, he's doing a great job. Also, Matthew J. Lennox is another one of our writers who's put out some really good articles for us as well. And we do have 4D Podcast with J.A. Massey and Dan Rupert and those guys are continuously bringing their A-game. They have some special shows coming up in the very near future, so make sure to swing over there and subscribe as well. And we can keep this thing going. Until then, Cowboys Nation, I'll see you next week.